0: This
1: is Quarantine Chronicles episode 24 for May 16th, Sunday. Uh to my virtual left we have Jason. Hello. To my virtual right we have Angel. Huh? What is up? And today we have a banging, I actually don't know if I could say banging, banging episode lined up for you listeners.
2: Is that a controversial word? Yeah, why? Why can't you say banging?
1: Okay, well, we'll just leave it in then. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna exactly bring up why we can't say banging. <laughs> I
2: mean, I, I could guess, I guess, but I mean, it's 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 just it's slang these days, in the same way that calling a song a bop apparently is. So you call this episode a bop if you want to be extra. PG. Who calls things a bop. G- the internet, Gen Z. I don't know. Hmm. Huh. Are we?
1: Gen- oh no, we're millennials. No, we're millennials.
2: Nah, I, we're, millenn- we're, we're millennials. At least yeah. Angel and I are. I assume you are too. You're not that up hunger.
1: Yeah, I'm a yeah, millennial. i I'm pretty sure I'm a millennial.
2: Yeah, you're a millennial. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're all broke. Uh, <laughs> so what What's up with you guys?
0: Well, I don't know. It's been an interesting two weeks since the last QC. Um, media consumption has been relatively low because I've been creating media, as I think I've mentioned last time. Just been animating some stuff, working on... Yeah, just a lot through Maya, learning how to model. Things are coming together. Pretty excited about finally finishing that because I've literally had no real free time. Like, I just kind of come home, animate, sleep, wake up, go to work. During my breaks, I work on this stuff. And, yeah, I kind of want to get to a point where I'm just consistently animating and doing some fun side projects. So that I don't feel like I have to do like a... Two month long boot camp of this kind of stuff, but besides that, yeah, it's been good. It's been chill. Enjoying
2: life. Cool, cool, cool. How about you, Jason? I was gonna say he's right that like a lot is happening last week because I feel like, not to trample on our COVID update segment, but like the world kind of reopened a little in the last two weeks. Like it's it's. In that case, let's get into it. Uh, Jason do the jingle. Sure. Oh, um, light at the end
1: of the tunnel. COVID. Oh God! That wasn't
2: even a song. I was fucking uh, word. I don't know what that was. <laughs> you were trying yeah, to be like, sexual with it too. I don't know what I was trying to do, but it did not work. And I oh, regret every syllable. Phase. I regret every syllable. I'm just so excited for the world to reopen. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I'm so to, I, I, yeah. as
1: far as far as the the SoCal COVID update, California's. Knocking it out of the park as we've stated multiple times. Uh, I believe the number is fifty-five percent of Californians are yeah. vaccinated. Yeah. That's that's the latest number. Or SoCal, I saw uh, it. It so California, California's, California's at fifty-five percent. Um, that's extremely good for lower. how stubborn this country is about crap like this. Yeah,
2: yeah. L.A. Like SoCal or L.A. County, they're hoping by July we'll hit herd immunity at the current rate we're going, which yeah, that's, is wild to that's say awesome. out loud.
1: But uh, yeah. Jason, you were able to go to a concert because of uh, yes. being vaccinated, right? Yes. So uh,
2: I don't know if anyone out there – I know. So it, it was so weird. I don't know if anyone out there has um, heard about that Vax Live special that aired on TV about a week ago. Um, it was basically Global Citizen who does all sorts of philanthropy. Um, they put together this show with some big artists and big presenters to just sort of pitch to people who aren't vaccinated. Why you should get vaccinated, and also to pitch to world leaders the importance of uh, equity in vaccines and making sure that you know here in California we got our fifty-five percent, but there are places where the vaccine isn't accessible and where they need it perhaps much more. Like you know, India right now is being torn apart. So it was like um, a TED by COVID. Talk? No, it wasn't a TED talk. It was like a telethon without the fundraising f- factor. So basically, they are trying to bring attention to it by doing this thing where you tune in and you listen to music and then hopefully in between that there's these little segments where you get the message that you should demand some vaccine equity and you should go get vaccinated yourself. And then they also a bunch of corporate sponsors who donated millions to get vaccines to different countries and that sort of thing. Um, So originally, so this is the secret about it. So it was billed publicly that the entire stadium was full of first responders. Like any TV taping, they still needed seat fillers. It turned out so everyone that was near the stage were legit first responders. But then the rest of the stadium, which they filled to about twenty six thousand out of the seventy thousand capacity at the new uh, SoFi Stadium here in SoCal, um, which by the way we were the very first crowd ever in there, which is kind of cool. But the rest of it, they gave the option to responders if they wanted, and then any extra tickets, they just started emailing Live Nation customers and being like, "Hey, you want to come? It's free because they just needed bodies and seats, essentially." So, like, everyone on camera was first responders. Everyone that was close to the action was first responders. But if you're in, like, the actual arena, like, sitting up a little higher, those were a mix of just random vaccinated people. Wait, so – So, what the kind of – So,
1: sorry. But the people who got the emails from Live Nation, did they just surpass the vaccination requirement or did they still need – Yes.
0: You st- so you oh. still need vaccine yeah okay. so how it
2: worked you. is you got yeah 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 so you got this email where I got this email it's just like hey as long as you're uh, fully vaccinated by this date meaning you're past your two week window you're good to go come on down it's free and they did vaccine pre-checks where they took over a few venues around la and you could go in the days leading up to a concert and get a wristband that they actually put on you and tightened kind of tight so you couldn't you know give it to someone um if you show your vaccination card and then when you got there you know they again had to check everyone's wristbands and That sort of thing. Um, But yeah, once we were in, it was like a concert. And it was – well, being in that environment was like a concert. The actual show I'll get to in a sec. But um, yeah, they filled it, like I said, like 26,000 or so out of 70,000. They had uh, some social distancing where you could like sit in pairs of two in any given row. But they stacked the aisles, so to speak. So there are people on the row in front of us or behind us. But next to us, we did have a gap in the seat to our right. Um and yeah, and they had you wear masks but they also gave us a little snack bag and everyone could, you know, pull down their masks to eat or whatever, but then you had put it back up. Um and this was pre the new C D C guidance about not needing masks if you're fully vaccinated. So um you know, which it was only a matter of time until they said it. But um yeah, so like still people were masked up and that sort of thing. And then it was just weird to be back in this environment where they're again, you know. 26,000 people all like singing along to songs and, like being a crowd and cheering and like you know having a show below you and it was very kind of surreal to be like back in that and they really leaned into it too because they had um, the performers were J-Lo, J-Balvin, Eddie Vedder, Her who just won an Oscar and um, uh, Foo Fires who closed out the show and I was mainly there for Foo Fires but uh, they had each performer do two songs except Foo Fire, who just tore through, like, eight songs and brought out the dude from uh, ACDC and performed Back in Black with him, which was kind of a cool surprise. you Young? Um, no, I own Brian Johnson, is that his name? I don't remember his name. But the, the lead singer from ACDC. Oh. Um, but, yeah, they... Uh, and, and they leaned into the crowd thing because they had J-Lo, one of the two songs she did. wasn't even hers. It was uh, Sweet Caroline, which is, like, the go-to... One of the go-to karaoke songs for, like, people that like to go on cruises that are in their 40s, maybe. But the point is, it was, like, a huge sing-along like she did it as a sing-along she brought her mom up who was just vaccinated and she like led the sing-along it was the entire stadium singing along and it was it was weird it was cool to be back in that environment but it was definitely a little weird to like you know hear a crowd that you're in do something with like that sort of because you know when you do a sing-along that mass crowd feeling like it's weird to now after so long of don't be in crowds be distanced don't do anything to have that again was extremely strange um, And then Foo Fighters, like I said, they closed out with eight shows or eight songs, which was, like, great. But but it was interesting, the concert as a whole, because it wasn't actually a concert in the regular sense. Uh, they filmed it for TV. So things were shot out of order. They had, uh, like, some of the presenters. It was hosted by Selena Gomez. She kept flubbing her lines because she was nervous because she actually is advocating for this and wanted to, like, do right by it. So she was flubbing her lines. They had to redo those. They had, like, a lot of performances. Her was actually in the parking lot, like, kind of like when they cut an award show to, like, an outside performance. Um, Prince Harry was there uh, and got the w- – weirdly the loudest crowd response of anyone there. Um, yeah, it was just like a whole bunch of stuff that was shot randomly and out of order and there's was a lot of singing and waiting for him to like build sets on stage. Like Jay Balvin was in like a rotating moon and things like that. So they told us, hey, it's 4TV. Bear with us. It will be fine. Then you go watch the TV show a week later and it's treated like, hey, these are highlights from this really awesome concert you missed. And I'm like, well, was it 4TV or was it a concert? It was like this weird in-between where they each – variation of it said the other one is what it actually was quote unquote. So bear with it type of thing, but it was just cool to be back in that environment. And I'm not trying to knock it. Like the amount of effort that went into it has to be insane. They had like, they built a set in the middle of the stadium. They, you know, had like a who's like Letterman was there. Kimmel was there. Um, ben Affleck, Olivia Munn, um, Chrissy Teigen. It was a lot. They had the Pope have a pre-recorded video message. They had Biden have a pre-recorded video message. Like it was a pretty big, like, selection of high profile people that were all pushing for this equity and vaccines and the importance of getting vaccinated uh, so it's really cool that they did all this it's just kind of funny how they were like framing it differently to different audiences and neither was quite the like honest thing that happened but it was pretty cool and it was great to be like back in that environment and it was free so I really can't complain at all but yeah that was it was definitely strange and they did require vaccination
0: I mean you're like a resident concert junkie I would say Can yeah I could go to yeah I used to
2: go like four or five a year or try Jeez. to Maybe, no, that's a lot. It was like two to three. Some, one year appeal? it was like three in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, one year I did um, Camp Fog Knowledge which is a festival out here at Dodger Stadium, And then two the night before that, I think, I did a Mike Shinoda show. A couple nights before that, I did a band called Sir Sly. And then the week after all that, I did Complex Con, which had its own lineup of ours for two nights. It My ears probably lost like 10 years of their life from just that 10 days. But but yeah, it was, it was really cool to be back, and what was really nice is the Foo Fighter, like, close out. That was – you know, they basically came out and were just – and again, that's what I was there for. But they basically came out and were like, all right, this is a rock show now and just sort of, like, took over. And only one of the songs made it on TV, but they just played for, like, 40 minutes straight. So it did literally become a Foo Fighter show, which is perfect. So, yeah, so that was kind of the concert, but it was just it was weird to be back, and I feel like that – I don't know what the switch was for you guys. I imagine there has been now that we're all vaccinated. But at some point, like, for me, the concert was, like, the switch was flipped and suddenly, like, the world was kind of open again. And, like, I've been doing more things. I've done stuff for my girlfriend's family. I've, like, saw you yesterday, Angel, in person. Like, it feels like the momentum's picking up now. Like, have you, do you guys have, like, a moment where it's like, okay, you're back. Like, have you seen anyone, done anything? Guess uh the closest... personally? No. Go, go for
1: uh, personally, uh, yeah, I did hang out with friends on Monday. We were all vaxxed. Uh, and one of our friends uh, who we've talked about in the show before, Matthew, uh, he was flying in from, he flew in from Utah, uh, cause he had a baby his family's house that's over here while they were gone. Uh, and so we hung out, so it was good to see him, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. like, now I'm just hanging out with, uh, I'm hanging out with friends in person. As opposed to like doing it over Discord, you know, I mean, like we, right, right. Uh, us, like us three, we still haven't hung out, but that's not to say that we can't anymore. Like, while well, before it was like, nope, we should absolutely stay, stay home. Um, but like no major change as far as the CDC mask, uh, mask stuff that, that just came out. The CDC did say mm-hmm. that you're, if you're vaccinated, that you are okay to, uh, to not be wearing a mask. Or I don't see any. Yeah. I don't see me personally uh getting rid of that soon. Uh yeah. just based on my job and then it's so hard just to say, you know, it's hard to tell who's actually vaxxed or not.
2: And and that's kind of the thing about it, is like I understand like obviously if we trusted the science enough to know we need a mask up, we need a distance, we need to stay home, we should trust the science when they say, Okay, you can loosen up a bit but But, like, I feel like that's only true if you know people around you are vaccinated. That's kind of thing. Like, they are saying officially, if you're vaccinated, you're in the clear. 95% chance you're not going to get anything. If you get it, it's mild or asymptomatic. It's no different than, like, a light flu. Like, you know, it's it's safe, quote-unquote. But I don't know. It's just, like, there's something. I didn't get sick all of last year. Like, there's something to be said for the mask, regardless of the COVID stuff. It's not like they're saying you can't wear a mask, but it definitely feels like Sort of a weird area because most of the country is not at such a high vaccination rate as California that like – I don't know. It almost felt premature, but it's not like I'm an expert on this. It just kind of – that was my gut feeling when I heard it. Was it just was a little premature. I don't, I don't know. Like well, we'll see. But it's just odd to like suddenly have this hesitation when we trusted the science up to this point and be like, oh, but we could take the mask off. I don't know. I don't know. But I totally have that feeling. Yeah, I mean per- personally,
1: I'm not going to take the mask off just uh, for other people.
2: Not for myself, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like if I'm out like in a store, I'm still going to wear it. I mean a lot of stores still mandate it, but some are starting to loosen up. Trader Joe's won't require it once the states don't or the cities don't. Uh, Walmart won't. Costco won't. Those are just the ones I saw yesterday. Walgreens still will because they do COVID testing and vaccines there. Um, But yeah, I think like publicly I'll probably still wear them for a bit. But it is nice and weird to like walk into someone's house – and I have to have a mask on, and I have to distance. And yeah, it's it's nice. It's just it feels it's weird how like normal it feels. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean that's definitely how I felt.
0: I mean two weeks ago, I don't remember what weekend it was. Maybe it was Mother's Day weekend. Um, we went to my cousin's house, and everyone there has been fully vaccinated. So that was like the first time we went indoors somewhere where we didn't have our mask, and that was kind of where it felt like, oh, I think they're kind of normal again. Because also. We would go over their house to, you know, have like steak and stuff like maybe like once a month or maybe like not as frequent. But it was definitely like a regular thing that we just haven't done in over a year. So doing that again just felt really nice. And also because they are huge movie buffs, we're like, hey, we should try to go to like rent out a movie theater just because that just seemed like a fun idea. Like now that, that those are way more accessible, not super cheap, but. I mean, I guess like it's like essentially two hundred and fifty to three hundred bucks to rent out a screen, and you get to pick any movie you want from all the ones that are currently available, and it's up to twenty people. So if you do fill it up, it comes down to about fifteen bucks per person. And we, yeah, we were trying to look for a Godzilla vs Kong one, and the only one we were able to find was uh, in Norwalk, which is not too far from us, but
2: um, very far from me now. <laughs> oh yeah jason moved yeah it's like it's like like over an hour away maybe hopefully not with traffic with no traffic on sunday but yeah
0: so that was also kind of like another like i guess hurdle like yep we're committing to i guess a big outing because who knows how many people i mean right now i think we're like at 11 people which is you know we got all the main people i mean unfortunately jason's going but you know, what are you going to yeah. do?
2: Well, it is, to your point, it is a big outing, because that is the first full random Nintendo reunion where all three of us will be together since quarantine began. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I, I, somebody's so. going to bring that up. Is someone going to bring it up? I think Abs- like it would have been me and I already did just
1: now. <laughs> so. No, watch. If, if it's not you, it's definitely going to be right. somebody else. I'm calling Victor. Well, I'm not going to bring it up.
2: Yeah, Yeah. actually, it might be. You're right. Yeah, he might say something. Yeah. But, um. yeah, I, I almost feel like... Well, first of all, the the... Lack of mask off jokes on Twitter. Thank God. I was worried so many people the second half are going to start linking to that future video. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But, um, the what? What was I going to say? Uh, the song Mask Off by Future, like the second the CC announced it. I thought that'd be all over Twitter. Surprisingly, it wasn't. Um, but the thing I was going to say is I think we're going to have to take the masks off for a Little Me's pretty soon on the Quarantine Chronicle logo and stuff. If people are watching this on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. It's right there on the thumbnail. Yeah, I'm, it, it's, it's winding down it's weird. yeah we're gonna need a the name, but name like change Kevin said, i mean yeah we're gonna need a name change
0: i mean the At mask has become part. kind of a part of my identity i mean i've even got like multiple masks to just pick like oh, do i want to go black blobby pattern or cockatiels
2: oh i just go which blank white surgical ish mask should i wear <laughs> like what kn95 should i grab today this older one or this newer one I I kind of want I've, to grab I've one of those original
0: so. stitch ones from pokemon or one of the Pokemon original Stitch
2: ones. Yeah, I never got It's funny because I was starting to kind of contemplate, like, maybe I should get like a cool mask. Like, we're in this for the long haul. Because, like, epidemiologists or whatever to call were saying, like, you know, you're going to be wearing a mask for a year. And then, you know, the next week the CDC is like, psych. But, um, yeah, I was actually kind of considering it. And I guess I don't need to now. Good thing I didn't order it like two days ago, only for it to be announced the next day. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that a lot of those designs
0: from original Stitch, some of them are great as shirts, but some of them kind of don't. And having a mask as an alternative, kind of works better for some of them. So it's like, oh, mm, I mm-hmm. didn't know if I wanted a Magmar shirt, but I really want something Magmar related. So yeah, I think a mask is the next best alternative. Because you could also get a handkerchief. And I think they also just announced that you could get aprons, because why not? Oh,
2: yeah. now that I cook, but not saying that requires an apron, it's tempting. That's right. You're um, one of them peeps. Cuckoo's. Yeah, listen to the Angel and Jason Power Hour for our unsponsored blue apron, uh, sponsored content, essentially, where I just <laughs> ram- rant about them. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I guess I could still get a mask because it's not like I'm going to not wear a mask in public or in certain sayings all the time. I'm still good. Even though, you know, to Kevin, to your point, even though CEC said we don't have to, like, there's still situations where I'm definitely going to. So maybe I, maybe I do explore some masks. Maybe. Yeah, I
1: bought a couple of masks off of, uh, off of Etsy probably mid pandemic. Like, I bought a percent of five masks. That's got like the, the bold red, black, and white stars kind of, kind of deal. Um, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I, I do not use it at all though. Cause <laughs> I remember taking it to the gym and it was really actually pretty hard to breathe on, the, like when I was on the treadmill. I was like, this is disgusting. And then it got all <laughs> soggy and like, no. Right. So I rarely that's use it. One so of I my just use like, like standard surgical ones that have like some sort of print on them.
2: That's what I was about to say. It's just one of the nice things about like the more standard like KN95s or whatever is they're lighter and they're more breathable because they're built for that purpose. So like it – you know, it is easier to go to the gym. Says someone who never goes to the gym or whatever with it, I would imagine. But
0: you're Ring Fit Adventure, so – But it's not like yeah, going to wear it while – well, Yeah, I'm in my own apartment. Unless you do it outside, I mean the,
2: the Switch can do that. Well, it's funny. Our TV is in a window, so I could just go stand in front of our front door. Looking it's in a window? window? Doing Ring Fit with a mat. What? It's like on a windowsill or something? Or what? No, it's like it's like when you look through our front window, like next to our front door, the TV's like perfectly centered in it on the other side of the room. Oh. I could probably see it. You know, it's really just like, hey, come rob us is basically what it's saying. So,
1: gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys. With Got your, anything with else? Your, with your address
2: yep. again? Um, I'm not going to put this on broadcast. <laughs> But Angel, right. for you, it's wanting them. Uh, fair all right, Cool.
1: Fair enough. Cool, cool, cool. Unless you guys got anything else, I guess we can move yeah. on to the meat of the episode.
0: Yeah, that works. I Go mean, for it. Yeah, the next thing we talked about, I mean, we mentioned that, um, Jason and I saw a movie yesterday, which was, I guess, the second Together. normal,
2: weirdly normal just hangout. Um, yeah, like we just got some pizza and watched a movie. It yeah. was like.
0: And definitely to emphasize just how, like, how normal it felt. Like, I don't know if it's because. Like, I typically like you know pre-quarantine days, I would see Jason about once a week. Like you know because of the podcast, or yeah, actually and yeah because, we're because friends.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: oh, fine, sure. Um, I get that too. Yeah, that's true. Because it was every other week, we would he would come over for the podcast. We'd hang out like Kevin, Jason, and I. And then mm-hmm. on the off weeks, we would get burritos. Like we one would typically the do yeah. something on Saturdays, and sometimes we would see him on Sunday as well. So, you know, we saw him pretty frequently, and especially now in quarantine, um, I feel like this kind of also had an impact on it, but, you know, we have, on Wednesdays, we stream and play games, on Mondays, we play games, and then, you know, now we also have the podcast every week, so we had, like, three separate interactions outside of any random calls we might have during the week, so when I finally saw him in person, it almost felt like it hadn't been that long since I see him, it felt like, oh, it's just Jason. Except with What short threw hair me this off time. was
2: your hair. Yeah, no, because you have. Oh, you threw, what threw me things.
0: off was your hair because I was expecting it to be huge. Oh so. no, I got a haircut this week. Yeah, but yeah, actually, funny. you
2: know what really made it feel most normal, and then we can talk about what we, the movie we actually watched together. But I know what made it feel most, most normal was when we were leaving and you said, "See you next week," because next week is when we're all doing Godzilla in the movie theater together, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, see you next week." Like we're back. The cadence is back like it's not like this weird fluke where we just happen to slip through some like covid wall we're like haha we can see each other Like it's like back to normal yeah. and that that's when it really sunk in when we were driving away and i was just like huh he said next week that's only a week from now weird so yeah i yes we did say the
0: usual like oh i guess um this is the end or never seen you again but yeah, I guess we're not that much better. Oh yeah, that would have
2: been more normal. You're right. For you to basically act like we're no longer friends. That's pretty much what yeah. you did every time we split up. But uh, yes, oh, to, was... to the me. Hmm. I don't wanna
0: go first. Yeah.
2: I. Was... Oh no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was gonna say it was also just nice to finally give um Jason some gifts, some birthday gifts that my brother and I had given him that we've been just holding for a long time.
2: Oh man. Okay. Um, we're gonna go on one more small tangent. They these guys. These guys get me so they gave me a belated Konica gift, which was an anthology of every Nintendo sixty four game ever released. It wasn't belated, we bought it on time. <laughs> but belated in the sense of it's it's not Konica in late May. Yeah. Which isn't your doing. Or mid May, which isn't your doing. But gotcha, and gotcha. it's literally every N sixty four game ever released, along with the hardware, the bundles, the controllers, it's like it's me in book form, basically. And that or why I strive to be, I guess, as a Nintendo fan. And then separately for my birthday, they got me. I don't know if you've seen this, Kevin. Um, it's this light up, like authentic, realistic. If a Pokeball was a real thing, Pokeball, like it's like this. It comes in like a case and it like it when you open the case, like it lifts up out and there's like a light that comes out from under it. And How the the Pokeball, it has a proximity sensor for some accurate, reason. Yeah. So it has a proximity sensor. So when you come close to it, the button on the ball will light up like it does in the TV show and the games and stuff. And it has, like, actual heft to it, like a Pokeball would. And it has, like, different lights that signal different things. And it's, like, it's made to sit on a shelf and be displayed, which is exactly the type of collectible that I go for and it's Nintendo. So it was, like, yeah, two for two, Angel. Well done. And thank you again. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was pretty slick. But the reason we actually uh, met up was we were watching, to the meat and potatoes of the episode, we were watching uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah. The, the, I've heard another great things about this movie. movie. And they are correct
0: yeah it's so good. i mean caveat though. So i visually like i really enjoyed the movie and the story was the story was great i don't know what it was about it you know i think the writing really helped just because i don't know i think i'm used to seeing a lot more i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but everything was predictable for lack of a better term i know it's not trying to be like subtle or anything but like you know where everything is going, almost like yeah, right before everything. Like I mean, it's not even trying to be it's subtle. It's almost like a little, yeah. It, it it was incredibly tropey. like, and there were a lot, and there were a few jokes that I felt like, like, oh, this joke is kind of going on just like a little too longer. Like if they cut it by like maybe two seconds, like it almost went from like oh funny to almost cringy. But you could definitely, I definitely felt like the like oh yeah, this is like more so a family movie than even disney pixar ones are because disney pixar movies like yeah like they're for the whole family but they usually try to hone in on something that more specifically adults will feel like oh man this hits home really hard and this one does kind of have that to a certain extent but for the most part if we
2: were dads i think it would resonate oh yeah 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 Yeah. without saying Uh, too much if we were dads
0: but this one, I felt like you could definitely tell like their target audience was aimed just a little younger, mm-hmm. um, just like by the type of humor. And a lot of it, well, some it would, was. a lot of it did land, but there was a lot of it that was also like, like, like oh, yeah, like I, I, I kept thinking like, oh, man, this would be a great movie to watch with like my niece and nephew or something like that. Like they would love this. Not that yeah, I didn't love it. it. I mean, it was still a funny movie, but yeah, it was very it, it definitely feels different in that sense, I guess.
2: What I think it achieved really well, though, is uh, – well, one, the animation style, which I'm sure you have lots to say about Angel. But what I was going to say is um, the – so this is the third, I guess you could say, movie in the series of attempts by various studios to capture internet culture. We had the Emoji movie, which was just like, look, the internet. We had Wreck-It Ralph, which was like, look, the internet. And now we have this, which was like how the internet is actually used by people. If that makes sense. Like this feels like it was trying to do like the kind of like, oh, we got, we get internet culture in an actual way that impacts kids and teens and that sort of thing. Like it was not, hey, we're going to Facebook headquarters. It was, here's filters. Here's how like you use your phone. Here's like what kids find funny based on. Like even the way. Without needing to floss. That was like. Yes, no flossing. I mean, there were definitely some moments in it where it felt like they were leaning on those sorts of like, haha, funny meme. Look, it's a gorilla. And but like, and it felt kind of like it was like a parallel to the things like Sonic flossing in the Sonic movie. But because they weren't direct riffs on actual things, it kind of worked. Like they had filters yeah. and they had a joke about like a cat filter, but it wasn't like, oh, it's the Snapchat ghost filter. Like it wasn't that blatant. It was its own little like in its own world. Yeah, it, it definitely, thing, so. it's definitely – it's going to age a lot better than all the other ones. Yeah. For sure. And I do think that like even the visual style, the way they – so they have it like this really cool uh, 3D style that Angel, maybe you could explain better than I can. But then on top of it, they do these flashes of like 2D animation that were kind of like either like a – basically an, an emoji for the character like It could be like a broken heart when they're sad or something like that or it'd have like these bursts of color or like if they're happy to be a rainbow that shoots behind them and even that like to me it you felt like a that Michael was that movie of...
0: that did something similar. yeah scott pilgrim
2: did similar yeah oh and no no, scott no, no. Pilgrim
0: uh, the, the, the other one the other one. i mean that one did for sure scott pilgrim uh wait the other one paper hearts or whatever it's called uh it's the one where he's like a rebel or evil there's like an evil version of him
2: oh 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 yeah and he has a mustache uh, Youth and Revolt. Um, Youth and Revolt. That movie was yeah. very, very weird compared to its marketing. It was. It, it very much was. They were leaning so hard on Michael Cera as a big star now, even though the movie was not that type of, like, star vehicle. um, But, yeah, it uh, like, the way they did that sort of, like, 2D animation stuff around it, it felt like, to me, like, oh, they're totally capturing how the world is perceived for kids through their phones now, where they put stickers and frames and, you know, filters and all sorts of stuff on top of it to sort of, like bring out the character and personality of what they're trying to share so i thought even that was like kind of a more appropriate way to address like internet culture than how wreck it ralph 2 or yeah, Emoji and you know movie what
0: did. it's actually just kind of hitting me but like a lot of the timing and humor is almost one-to-one with a lot of the more popular shows on cartoon network yeah like, no it's
2: 100 percent it's like the yeah, rapid did, fire you don't have an attention span everything needs to move and move, move type of
0: yeah, because, like, I feel like I've seen, like, the exact same jokes, again, like, like, The Amazing World of Gumball, or especially Teen Titans Go. There's, like, so much of Teen Titans Go in this movie, especially, yeah. like, the whole, um, like, freeze frame name, giant name comes out, like, you know, giant text. But, but that, that's um, just,
2: I mean, both of them are just referencing other stuff. I mean, this movie no, has a no, yeah, of old yeah, yeah. references, too, which was kind of random, but... And by a bunch, I mean, like, two. Yeah, um, but, yeah,
0: I mean, but more than anything, like, um, I, I definitely get the... Um, I guess the feeling that everyone working on the movie just had a lot of fun with it. Like, it definitely felt like someone's, like, passion project. Kind of like how Spider-Verse, in the same way, like, also just felt like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this Spider-Man movie just the way we want. Like, just no holds barred. And, you know, like, they're both from Sony. Which is, I don't know, quickly becoming one of my favorite animation studios. Like, even before Spider-Verse, um, they already had my attention. And maybe, I'm sure, Jason as well, just because they had... Phil Lord and Chris Miller's *Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Like that studio, like say what you will about them having produced the Emoji Movie or I guess now for Hotel Transylvanias, like just the style in which they animate everything or just present themselves is just incredibly interesting. Like they're the ones that really pushed for cartoony animation in CG films that actually worked. Like especially, I mean, it kind of started with *Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs where everything was so like rubber hosey and stretchy and um, punny
2: so many puns especially <laughs> in the sequel so good
0: because like where you know like disney and pixar like they both have their cg films and yeah like they're obviously they're all very much fiction a lot of the animation stuff is still grounded in like real life physics like you don't really get the kind of exaggeration you get especially in *Clutter with a chance of meatballs i mean when they're running like like i said like their arms and limbs look like pretty much like noodles it's like and especially hotel transylvania like if for anything, I would just recommend watching the first two just for like the animation alone. Cause damn, it's, it's amazing. Just like the extent that these rigs are pushed. It's almost like things that you didn't think were even possible in CG, but they just do really well. And it almost makes it feel like, like, yeah, CG can be as cool. And sometimes, you know, like it's just, it gives it more of a presence than it did before when compared to 2d. Cause I feel like a lot of people, especially the older you get, you maybe if you ask someone, they're going to say, like, oh, yeah, 2D is always way better. Or, like, oh, yeah, 2D is, like, the best kind of animation. And, yeah, like, there's some examples of amazing 2D stuff that it's hard to deny. Like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. And CG can do amazing things. But, I don't know, I feel like we're starting to get to that point, especially with these few Sony movies where, you know, Spider-Verse and Mitchells, where they just really experiment with it. And, you know, part of it is adding 2D elements, like, just not limiting themselves mm-hmm. to it. It all has to be mm-hmm. cg Like Spider-Verse had all the outlines and a lot of things drawn by hand just to give it, you know, more of a comic book aesthetic. This one, more so than anything, just uses a lot of, like Jason mentioned, the 2D animation on top of, you know, the CG animation. And even then, like the rigs, you could tell, are very much like all their limbs, every finger, everything is just meant to be broken and just, I don't know, just flow along a nice, smooth and wacky line of action. I don't Do it's, you know what software they use for this uh, for this movie? I don't, but I'm willing to bet it's proprietary because a lot of these studios, like especially like Sony, Illumination, DreamWorks, like they usually all have their their own their own special I did one. Not know that I thought everybody yeah. would
1: use like the 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 industry uh, usual stuff like Maya or something.
0: No, yeah, that that'd be more when you get to like maybe some third tier studios. Yeah, but for sure, those big ones all have their own first party software. Especially because not all of them I'm sure are like um optimized to do that specific kind of animation or at least handle it the way they want to, gotcha, and you know, but yeah, I don't know definitely you know spectacularly visual movie and you know fun story as well the the kids and the especially the two robots,
2: so what exactly is the you... movie about? Oh yeah, we never said hmm. um. So this is the only part that maybe skews more towards an older audience a little in that the movie is ultimately about how – without spoiling anything. It's ultimately about everything wrong with how tech-focused our world is. So the premise is essentially the kids are obsessed with their tech. The dad is kind of a more outdoorsy woodsman type of dude. Um, the mom's just trying to keep the peace, and the dad keeps trying to do stuff with the kids. But the kids are glued to their electronics, and ultimately um, that's lead, led to a rift between the dad and his daughter, and she's about to go off to college. She's super into making videos on YouTube. He doesn't get it. They kind of get each other. So they're going, so he sort of strong arms due to him uh, breaking her laptop the night before college. She sort of was like, well, you know what? Like, you don't have a laptop, so we're going to do a road trip to college and we're going to like reconnect over it. And we was actually originally called Connected, which was kind of where that was going. Um, but then as they start going on their trip, um, a company called Pow, which is sort of Facebook meets Apple meets Google. Uh, announces a new, uh, phone assistant, except it's not a phone assistant, it's a robot. But then you learn within about 10 minutes of the movie, the robots are actually, um, have minds of their own and are going to take over the world. So it becomes the Mitchells. So it starts with the Mitchells versus the machines, and then it's the family fighting over their technology, taking up too much of their time, but then it literally becomes versus the machines when the machines up, uh, have an uprising and try and take over the world. And they end up having to, you know, sort of survive it and try and save it. That's essentially it.
1: Gotcha. So, so it's a family-friendly Terminator, from what I'm understanding. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. much.
2: Very, yeah,
0: pretty much. Excellent <laughs> an way to put it. Um, wow. Yeah,
2: yeah, and a road trip movie. as well. I don't know how the Terminator connection. There's like ever hints did, of goof. And... There's hints of like goofy movie in here. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, like yeah, it, it's it's definitely sure. an inspiration. Yeah, it's uh, but yes, yeah, so that's kind of the premise, and then they sort of play with that in different ways, and, and you know, it's it's there's nothing like to Angel's point earlier. There's nothing like, like you could probably predict how it's all going to play out right now, but it's more about like I yeah, it didn't detract just from the enjoyment. interactions I mean, of was, the characters. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was it, it was so fun. I mean, I don't know. It was definitely just a pleasure just seeing the characters move and talk and interact. I mean, and you know, honestly, the, everything the, was just fun. T- yeah.
2: And honestly, the tech parody stuff, while I mean, like, obviously other shows have done it in a way that's more uh adult-oriented, you know, like Silicon Valley, for example. Um, Some of the lines they have in the tech parodying thing where Eric Andre plays the big CEO of this company called Pal, uh, some of that – like, there's some lines that are definitely aimed at the parents versus the kids. And some of the, like, stuff about what the company does is definitely more like, oh, yeah, like, a kid's not going to understand what that means. But be like, ha, so true. So – yeah, that that's probably the the most um, where it's not aimed at kids is just with the like tech monopolistic characteristics that sort of shine through. But but yeah, it's a fun movie and and Conan's in it randomly, Conan O'Brien, which oh man, Should I was very God. proud to he say. The like, second like, he started he talking, jumped out of his seat and was like, "Oh, not. oh not. no, I, no, like, no!" Like, hey,
0: someone grab him, hold him down." Yeah, I
2: started floating away. Yeah, For no, I just friend, like, Conan hey. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I was already unbuckling my the pants No, uh, but I, um, I was saying, like, we're sitting there, I'm like, that's Conan. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Conan. And then, like, the, of course, the second his name shows up in the credits, I'm like, there it is, Conan. I told you guys. And I was so proud of myself. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's a fun movie. So this movie kind of came out of
1: nowhere for me where I just saw it on my Twitter feed and then, like, on io9 and stuff like that where Mm -hmm. oh i think it was on the verge i was like why did i not hear about this movie like pre-release at all because it came out it's a netflix movie
2: right it so sort of originally sony was gonna put it in theaters and originally like i was saying before it's called connected then the pandemic hit and things got real quiet. It was supposed to come out in September, I think, of 2020. So much so that in the yeah. movie, there's shots that are done through, like, the main character's uh, camcorder. And the date on it says September 2020. So clearly they're not adhering to the pandemic uh, social distancing rules. But... They, uh, Yeah, it was supposed to come out last year. Sony then kind of got cold feet because this was the period where no movies were coming out and nothing was really doing well. So they sold it to Netflix for $110 million, which is probably less than it would have gotten if they put it in theaters, say, this fall. But they didn't know what was going to happen. So then it sort of went to Netflix. At some point, the name changed to The Mitchells versus the Machines. It might have changed when it was still under Sony. I'm not sure. And then, yeah, Netflix just kind of sat on it. And then are essentially – because Netflix doesn't really care as much about big like blowout first weekends, they're kind of slang at it coast. So it's been in like the top five movies on Netflix for a couple weeks now. It was I think number four when we were watching it yesterday. And the most marketing I've seen is weirdly the nearest gas station to me, like right up the street, um, was one of two in the country that Netflix turned into – like a brand activation. So they had in the movie, they go to a gas station called Dino Stop. They turned it into Dino Stop but then they had all the gas pumps branded as PAL Labs and they had people dressed as the robots from the movie distributing gas to people. Yeah, the picture And that like the whole really gas cool. station was completely, yeah, it was completely um like redone. Like it was a 76 but all the branding was erased. They put up lights and they had like fake screens and they had like a photo op and it was, it was kind of cool. It's weird that like in a pandemic, like, the best you could do for, like, promoting your movie is, like, you know, like, it used to be, like, oh, we'll go to Comic-Con. Like, people can walk through the world now. It's, so, like, um I guess we'll paint a gas station for a weekend. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, it's it kind of cool. And that's the most publicity I've seen for the movie at all. Like, no commercials, no, you know. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of just flew under the radar.
0: If it wasn't for the fact that one of the people I follow on Twitter is um an old classmate that I had when I was doing Animation Mentor back in 2017. Um, they had already worked in the animation industry for a while, like in games. I think they animated it in Shadow of Mordor or one of the Lord of the Rings games. But then they wanted to do film animation and immediately after finishing animation mentor they got picked up by Sony, so they worked on Spider Verse. I know they animated the shot of you know Miles dad inside the cop car and the one where he's in the alley when he finds his brother. They and... do that sad scene. Oh. Yeah, it sounds like he had like a lot of uh, emotional scenes. Oh, he also did yeah, that seriously. shot of all the Spider Men, all <laughs> the Spider people on the ceiling, like crawling next to each other trying to hide from the roommate. I don't that's, that. that's a good one. But yeah, I remember like right as soon as that movie wrapped up, he tweeted out like, like oh man, if you like the animation style of this movie, just wait till the next one. And then like a couple months later, he just tweeted out like the title. And then he would just kinda tweet out every once in a while, like whenever he could reveal stuff, like this more tidbits about the movie. <laughs> and that was kind of how like i'm just like oh i wonder what this is and then you know eventually turn to re-con- yeah, connected and whatnot but frankly i only knew but other than that yeah but of, yeah but other Chris than Miller that twitter Ward, I, yeah, yeah you know, i never heard like, i love i
2: mean i don't follow them on twitter i mean i just love their work like all the stuff they've done so when it was announced that they have a new project i was like ah and i just kept an eye on it the entire time but yeah to normal people you know you had your animator buddy i had two producers i know the name of and if you're not following your anime or, buddy, or the two producers I know the name of, I don't know how you would have Who heard about this. Who directed it? I
0: know like they showed the names at the end, but I wonder if they are It was – well, hold on. Uh, I could so, tell I mean, you one of the their good names. Good job. You can't just give all the credit to Phil Lord and Chris Miller.
2: No, no. Yeah, and producers are not directors, and this was a passion project for a director. <laughs> Same thing for, they for they the, the Ninja um, Turtle
0: movie, which in that case, it's like everyone pretty much gives credit to Michael Bay even though it was directed by some other person.
2: I can only tell you one of their names because I took a photo of the gas station that was rebranded and tweeted it. And then within like two minutes, the director of the movie liked the tweets. Or one of the directors. So I could tell you his name because I could just go through my Twitter real quick. But I don't know the other one. Um, The other one. The other one. Because there's a pair, I think. Just like Spider-Verse, there's a couple people. Yeah, I think Uh, Spider-Verse 2 is also going to be that. Or is that what you meant? Yeah, Yeah, Spider-Verse 2 is going to be three people. Yeah, two well, or three, no, so, uh, <laughs> maybe four.
1: So Spider-Verse, Michael the Rionda. first one, had three people on it. And then they decided to yeah. go three people again for the sequel, oh, but it's right, not right. the same three. No, yeah, that's, that's not, kind of the weirdest
0: part. Like, at least keep
2: one person, but uh But yeah, Michael Rionda was uh, was a director, maybe the director on uh, Mitchell vs. the Machines. He also was the creative director of Gravity Falls. So there's a through line there with ah. everything Phil Lord and Chris Miller have done. Wait, Gravity Falls was that. Phil Lord should... and Chris Miller? It's one of their early projects.
1: Huh. I hear that show's great too. I just it is pretty I great. Know, I, I haven't been watching any cartoons like post. I don't know post anime. I think cartoons just flew out of
2: the uh, out of the window for me. Interesting. The only one I've really watched of late is I've been catching up with Close Enough on HBO Max, which we talked about in the early days of Quarantine Chronicles. Um, you know, last summer. But yeah, I'm like halfway through season two, roughly. Oh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 seen. no, no, uh, no! Not Harley Quinn. Uh, uh, close enough, close enough. I already finished Harley Quinn. Yeah. Oh, close enough, gotcha. So I guess I have two cartoons, yeah. Oh, you are caught up with yeah. Harley Quinn. Oh, you know? I guess. Well, season season one. Not, I think, but I didn't watch season two yet. I guess oh, if we're talking like
1: adult animation, then yeah, I, I've watched my fair share of Rick and Morty these last couple of years, but nothing, nothing right. from like Cartoon Network or uh, you know, Nickelodeon or Disney. None, none of that kind. None of those cartoons.
2: Now, Angel, would you like to give us a laundry list of all the cartoons you've watched? Because I'm sure it's much longer than ours. Oh, man. I don't even know.
0: I would have to, like, get a <laughs> list. But all of those <laughs> and others, it's really hard to think of any off the top of my head. So but I don't so know, even if you're. But I've kind of been watching ahead. Rick and Morty season two for some reason. I don't know why I just started watching it. I think it was just there, and I'm all like, I'll check out an episode.
2: I remember season two. We also later. just powered through uh, South Park.
0: Oh, yeah. They finished South Park. It's a little interesting. Oh,. However, many seasons in reverse. Which is your yeah. brother still watching The Simpsons? Uh, he probably caught up to the point where he decided to stop already and just, I think, left it. Because I know okay. he was kind of keeping up with it, but it sounds like he's not anymore. My my impression. I'm well, not it.
1: sure why why he would want to keep catching up with it post like you know <laughs> people people always say that oh, season ten was the last great season. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, like to season 15 hmm. there's some great episodes but we're, it's like season 27? 21 or oh even wait one. no okay. no
2: it started the year before i was born it's in the 30s now
1: okay so it's like in season 30 and he's still watching like the simpsons like huh that's dedication i guess i
0: mean i'm you sure know,
2: they, they have won't...
0: some good episodes right
2: yeah but happen,
1: like, some good episodes out of a oh, 26
2: episode run like not worth it i i it's funny you mention the Simpsons because it just clicked for me. You know what the Mitchells versus Machines kind of reminded me of? It was a little more kid friendly. It had a Simpsons vibe, kinda. Did you pick up on that, Angel? Like, there's some like it felt kind of Simpsons-y in how it escalated and how it was still about like this core group of a family of like four or five. Like, did did you pick up on that? Like in the same way that like, which maybe explains the Conan cameo actually. Cause in the same way, cause he's, I don't know Simpsons, if that's why like Conan's in there. I mean,
0: yeah, I don't know if
1: that's like a family I don't know, thing. no, but it, like it, the director's did you like, this a... feels like the Simpsons. Let's get Conan.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it did have kind of a Simpsons vibe. Now that I think There's a family it. in like, this movie. Therefore, it's like the Simpsons. Therefore, therefore, like no, no, no. But I mean like the, the escalation of what seems like an innocent premise into something kind of absurdist. Like it felt, I don't know. It kind of reminded I mean, me, of kind of remind me of the Simpsons. Please Places do that. True a, lot, true a lot of places a lot like, of uh
1: shows and cartoons all that you know, yeah, like especially nowadays
0: true. like i mean that's definitely a very simpsons thing but at this point it almost feels like
2: is Everyone this normal that. yeah yeah all right yeah. scrap that hot take that wasn't fully cooked huh. all right, well, someone uh, out there is probably gonna be like you know what he's right and to you i say thank you whoever you are
1: and i'm pretty sure we shut it down <laughs> immediately so that was uh, *Mister. <laughs> versus Machines on Netflix, correct? Yes, sir. Hmm. International listeners, I have no idea where you'd be able to find
2: this week. Oh, he's so releasing I, it still. I, I guess. Oh, they theaters. are. Okay. I think. I think they only sold the U.S. rights. I'm not 100% sure about that. Gotcha. Gotcha. But oh, let me talk about the, the Simpsons parallels. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: what was that? What was that I'm um, like, they filled they out the U.S.?
2: Wow. I think. I think. Because the U.S. was the only one that was really recoiling so hard to movies and theaters. But I don't yeah. know. I might be wrong. Um, All right, so not going, the from,
1: day. going from a very kid-friendly property to a not-so-kid-friendly property, uh, Resident Evil Village is out, which is Resident Evil's ninth main installment. It's a direct sequel to Resident Evil 7, which is the only game in the main series that I haven't played because I'm a huge pussy and the first-person nature of the game just freaked me out. Uh, Angel, you played 7, right?
0: I played some of it, but because we've been playing it exclusively in VR... It's not the the easiest thing the to just go like, yeah, to just like pick up and play. So, yeah, yeah it's just taking a while. At this point, i be waiting for my brother to finish it, which I'm sure he's not too far from, but it's also been years. I yeah. Think, what? No, he's like in the end game I, and he just hasn't picked it back up. But oh, well, I think I saw one. to once. like, set up the VR headset too.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> that, that is it, why it, I always say it'll never be mainstream. Like, it's too much it, effort it, to do VR.
0: It sucks because, like, Yeah, that's true that it takes a lot of effort. I would still say it's definitely worth it, but you have to be in the right mood for it. It's like, like, do I want to set this up? It's like, but, well, while sometimes you won't set it up just because you're too lazy, I will still refuse to play the game normally because it's too cool in VR to not play it in VR, which is why for eight, like, I'm definitely going to wait until like, I don't know, if they ever release or there's like an inevitable PlayStation 5 VR. I feel like right. if the game had there There has to be, that's going to be like a launch title for it, right? Like if they do that, because I mean, they give the already in first person, like so, I could see that being a selling point or something. To but.
1: counter Jason's claim that it will never be mainstream, I will say the Oculus Quest is probably the easiest thing, the easiest VR headset to set up because it literally requires no wires. True. This and is true. This is true. Two. Sony has yeah. said that their second generation VR headset will only require one cable from the headset to the uh, PlayStation, all done through a, a USB-C cable. So um, I don't know it, if it's
2: just so much the setup versus just the Angel's point. You have to be in the mindset, like you have to be like, I'm going to disconnect from everything for a few hours, and like, you oh, can't well, I think you do in, it. I think you in the case of Resident while you do Evil, it, you can. I think in the oh, case of Resident I, Evil, it's not. That. I mean,
0: th- I'm okay with that. I mean, it's like any video game. is like when I'm going to sit yeah. down, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to chat with anybody.
2: I mean, I yeah, go, like, oh, I you're guess shattering, I am less likely. You're shattering the uh, stereotype of greasy, you know, Cheeto fingers while you play. I mean, I guess I am less likely, likely to reality. look at a text <laughs> while
0: I'm playing. But, because, yeah. you know, like when something I think, is I think loading, I'll typically look at my it. phone during that time. But I guess, I, I'm I guess what I'm saying is I.
2: Like, I think there'll be a niche for it and a big one possibly because like the quest is doing pretty well for itself. But what I mean is it's not like the PS6 is going to be VR only. We're never going to get to that point where VR is the format. It's always oh, going to be a secondary yeah. format. It's never going to be fully mainstreamed in the way that like a normal game console is. It's always going to be secondary. Even to mm. your point, coming about the new PS5 VR, like it, it's still a spin off device of sorts.
1: Well, we can yeah. get into the, to the nitty gritty <laughs> off the podcast, but, uh, when it comes to Resident Evil Village, there is no VR mode, which is, Kind of disappointing, and apparently the VR mode for Resident Evil 7 is still locked to the PS4 version, which is a little weird. It's like, weird. I wonder if there's some exclusivity deal there. Is there or any it's...
2: exclusive functionality in the
1: PlayStation VR that other VR hasn't emulated yet? No, not really. It's literally just uh, head tracking, Oh, which every well, and does. Oh, that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so Resident Evil Village does retain Seven's first-person perspective, just minus the uh, VR-ness of it. And, honestly, the only reason I played this was for content. Uh, I didn't even do it because I'm a fan of the Resident Evil games. For uh, so the plot? B- because, yeah. You're there for Lady Donahue, aren't you?
0: <laughs> Donahue? Uh,
1: Lady What's Donahue. her name? I don't know. <laughs> I, I believe it's pronounced Demi- D- Dimitrisk? Yeah, Donahue, uh, it's Donahue, like Donahue that. now. I've legally <laughs> changed her name. No, but I thought it would be it would make a great stream if every time that I got scared I took a shot. So I did just that this past Tuesday, where every time we got scared, I took a shot of Tito's vodka. Which sidebar, Tito's vodka is probably one of the most palatable vodkas out there that I've ever drank. It it doesn't go down like water, but it doesn't go down exactly like rubbing alcohol either. Uh. I love Tito's vodka. Made in Austin. Drink responsibly, folks. But uh I don't know <laughs> if it was the liquid Tito's vodka. <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Tito's vodka. But I don't know if it was the liquid courage that kept me playing, but I was having such a blast with this game. So I had seen a couple of Resident Evil 7 Let's Plays. Not necessarily from front to back, but I knew a little bit about this game's backstory, mainly like the main character, his name is Ethan Winters. Uh in that game in Resident Evil 7, he's looking for his wife. But like you well, it's not a spoiler to say that she's there at the beginning of this game. Uh, I, I guess it kind of is, but regardless, like the game starts off when you boot it up, it tells you if you want to see a small little recap of Resident Evil Seven story, and Pretty it's cool. probably yeah, it's probably about like three to four minutes. It, obviously, it's not going to show you all the little details of what happened in that game, but it gives you sufficient enough information for you to not be confused as to why. The characters are in the position that they are. So, like I said, it is a direct sequel to Seven. Um, and apparently Seven didn't have too many connections to the Resident Evil lore or universe. This one absolutely does because at the beginning of the game, and this is not a spoiler, it, it literally takes place within the first 15 minutes of the game. You're playing as Ethan in his new house in, like, Europe. And at the beginning of the game, Chris Redfield attacks, like, the, the Winter's house and kills Ethan's wife. Which, this is all on the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. And kidnapped. The one you worked so hard uh, to save
0: in Seven? Wow. Yeah. Just just boom. Just
1: It remind me of a... I don't know if... I don't think that you've seen these movies, Angel, but... Jason, did you ever see the Bourne movies with Matt Damon?
2: Oh, yeah. I've seen all of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, great movies. Uh, he mm-hmm. has a love interest in the first movie that just gets killed mm-hmm. at the beginning of
2: the second movie. <laughs> The it's second you like, said "born," Jesus I knew where you were Christ. going with that. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah, it's um, it's similar to um, well, it wasn't quite the same, but it's kind of like GI Joe. Actually, no, not
1: at all. The second GI Joe I movie ref- where Chaney gets that. killed right at the beginning.
2: I was going to reference kind of how Godzilla. I mean, it wasn't quite the first one to the second one, but Godzilla set up Brian Cranston in all the marketing as the protagonist, and then he was gone in the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a good point too. Yeah, it's, it's that sort of vibe. <laughs> yeah, so after Ethan gets attacked, uh, he wakes up like on this dark, snowy trail that leads to like a dilapidated village with like a huge castle in the background. And exploring this village and castle, you will go. Uh, right off the bat, two things hit me harder than a ton of breaks when it came to this game. One, the graphics. This is probably one of the best looking games with a realistic art direction that I've ever seen in my entire life. We've talked about it a few times, but maybe on RN? Well, actually, I don't even know if we brought this up, but the RE engine that they introduced with Resident Evil 7 is a beast of an engine, dude. This game looks so good, and it, the optimization for it is pretty, pretty slick. Uh, it does, yeah, it probably is the best looking game that I've seen. Like art style notwithstanding, cause I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, there's way better looking games out there that with a more focus on its art direction. But the second thing was its sound design. Capcom somehow managed to make the wind blowing some of the scariest noise I've ever heard in a video game. And this is like a village. So you're constantly stepping on twigs and they crackle in your, in your left ear. And then you're hearing, uh, some of the enemies in this game are like werewolves. And like you're just hearing their breathing and they're snarling, and uh, sometimes how not you'll be like, be in VR. "What happened?"
0: Not there, how is it not going to be in VR? Sounds awesome. yeah, I, I'm sure at
1: some point it'll come out. Like, who knows if it's going to be next year or ten years after this game comes out? Because Resident Evil 4 is getting ported to the Oculus Quest, where you could play that game in VR. Oh. Uh, this game does have a huge Resident Evil 4 vibe as well, considering the whole village aesthetic. And the castle, which I'll get into in a little bit. But uh I think what what really sets this game apart from all the other Resident Evils for sure is the sound design. For sure. Everybody has already seen Lady Demitrisk and hearing Donahue, like her you footsteps mean? what happened? Donahue, you mean? Yeah, Lady Donahue. And like yep. hearing her footsteps as she chases you is both the sexiest thing ever and incredibly terrifying. <laughs> it's it, like, it just raises the, the hairs on my arm for sure. Damn. Uh, the actual gameplay is, is really fun too. It's very similar to uh, to 7. It is a first-person shooter, I guess. But, like, traversing the village and its enemies is incredibly fun. To, like, sort of diversify the feel of the village, each area essentially has its own sort of landmark. Like, there's an area that has a small creek running through it. There's an area with, like, a wheat field. Uh, another will have like a cemetery like right in the middle of that of that uh space and it does that thing that i believe the resident evil 2 remake started doing where like when you enter a room or a house on the map it will be filled in red and then as soon as you grab all the items in that room it goes blue that way you don't ever have to worry about like man i wonder if there's still something in this room that i haven't found which is one of, like, the coolest quality of life, uh, I guess... What would you call that? Mechanics that I've ever seen in the game?
2: Yeah, that um, a mechanic, I think.
1: Yeah. Then there are, like, the interior sections, like, Lady uh, Dimitris' castle. It has, like, this gothic romance vibe with, like, really, really nice lighting and it's full of little secrets. And this game has tiny little, like, side quests um, where, like, no one actually gives you a side quest, but there will be, like, objectives uh, on the map and you're... You obviously have to do something to, to finish that objective. Uh, like there was a, there's a piano in one of the rooms or was it a piano? No, it was, it was some sort of mechanism where there was this machine in the middle of the room and I found a ball and just said, all right, let me use this ball in this machine. And then it became like a little tilt, a little tilt game where I gotta have the ball traverse this little, this little, uh, like diorama kind of thing which was pretty fun. Like the other side of like exploration, there is the combat, which is also pretty fun. It's um, it seems like this game does lean in a more action oriented direction as opposed to like the slow burn of seven, uh, which is fine because I usually have this feeling of unnerving dread whenever I enter a brand new area. And that's just gone the second that I have to shoot an enemy because this game is very plentiful with its ammo and money so that you could just keep buying ammo and feel like a, a one man army. Oh, and like I you can't buy ammo in this game because there is a merchant. Uh, as a nod to the merchant from like RE4. Yeah, yeah about to ask it, is it? Does he say like the same thing when he opens his code or? I believe I did hear him at one point say, "What are you buying?" And then he laughs to himself nice. and says, "That's I stole that from a friend." Some something to to that degree. Um, I
2: that that's great. Yeah, uh, I like that.
1: Yeah, for so like for the five hours that I have played of the game, this is definitely the weirdest Resident Evil game that I've played. I won't spoil exactly what makes it the weirdest, but it does get weirder than the nine foot six inches vampire countess for sure. <laughs> and like it's and oh god, her daughter's off, oh man, this 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 game gets you down bad for sure. I'm I'm digging the game a lot. I don't think that I'll go back to RE7 though, because I'm sure I'm going to feel that that game will feel a little bare bones compared to this one. But I am enjoying the crap out of it for sure. Like
0: I'm so I, I, for you personally, do you feel like? Cause yeah, like overall, I've heard good things about the game, but the same like sticking yeah. point that a lot of coworkers are just like things that I've been hearing is always about the difficulty that the game is like way too easy and that always seems Mm -hmm. to be like a detriment to them but have you had any issues with that or you're like no this is good where it is or did you feel like yeah it could be a little harder Uh.
1: oh it it could absolutely be a little bit harder uh i am playing on normal just because i didn't Uh. want to stream this game and just keep constantly dying so yeah so like if i wasn't streaming it i absolutely probably would have played it on the I believe it's called Hardcore or, or Nightmare, whatever, whatever the highest difficulty is that you can get. But uh, yeah, this game just gives you so much ammo. And then to the point where I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I really should upgrade my guns because if I pump enough bullets into into these guys, which like I said, the game gives you, gives you like a, a stockpile of ammo, um, you don't really necessarily need to upgrade your weapons. And then it's... <laughs> I do that one thing where... I believe Resident Evil Four introduced it when you know just bringing out your knife as Leon. I just knife if, if I'm going one on one with an enemy, I will just knife them, dodge its attacks, keep knifing them, block, keep knifing them, so that I don't have to waste any ammo. So yeah, the game do you can have definitely a dodge be harder
0: in this game, or do you just have to like kind of strafe away?
1: Yeah, you just got you just got to strafe away. But Ethan Winters, man, that guy is a one man army because you have if you press, I'm playing this on PC. If you press space bar, he'll block. You know, he'll just put like his hands in front of his face, and that is able to like soak up a lot of damage to the point where like your health <laughs> will not deteriorate until you're hit at least like five times while blocking. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's changed for uh for uh hard, but until I until I do like a second playthrough, I actually won't know about it.
2: Here's the key question, Kevin: How many shots did you have to take when you did your live stream? Uh,
1: so I thought that okay, I did ten. Nine of them That's a from scary. What happened?
2: That's a healthy number. Ten?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm and impressed. I, I recorded all of them. So, uh, after the podcast, <laughs> Quite a number. maybe I'll be able to, I'll be able to share some with you guys. Yes, but, please. Uh, yeah, I, I had plenty of water. So the next day I wasn't hungover, but I was definitely dehydrated, which, uh, I'd rather be than have a headache, have a terrible stomach, stomach ache and then
2: be dehydrated, you know? That's the advantage of clear liquor in general is because it doesn't have the sugars and stuff in the same way that hangover is not to the same extent. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So smart move, smart move to, to a, use Tito's my, uh, Drink Responsibly from Austin, Texas.
1: Yeah, Tito's com slash random
2: Nintendo. <laughs> referral code Q- RNQC if yeah, they have referral codes, which they don't, but if they did. Yeah, and uh, that's what I've been playing...
1: I guess this last week. Resident Evil Village. Check it out. What else we got? Angel. What? The season finale just <laughs> happened of Invincible. <laughs> Talk to it.
0: <somebody>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, my, my sister, brother-in-law, and I, we've been watching Invincible instead of our regularly scheduled movies. And I have heard about this comic. Well, yeah, the comic book is based off of for many years, like, I always knew about it. It's always been one of those, like, oh, you should watch this. But, you know, it's, I feel it's hard. Like, it, it's hard enough to sometimes, like, watch a show that is recommended to you. I usually try to make it a point to at least, like, check it out as soon as possible. Jason. But,
2: um. Yes. For, but, for,
0: but for a comic book, it's, I don't know, it's definitely not as easy. I feel like it's harder to check something out like that. But, you know, it was always on my radar. So when the show came out, it was like, all right, I'm definitely going to watch, like, the first episode and yeah this is this is a great show it's um yeah it's a it's another superhero thing i feel like if people aren't already superheroes have definitely been i guess played out for lack of a better term um or at least like amazon
1: prime which already has the boys
2: yeah like amazon prime is this is thematically not hugely different from the boys like, yeah, no, they're
1: they're both they're both adults oriented shows for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean I haven't seen The Boys, but I only I kind of sort of know the premise, and the premise is not the same. They're just both grittier, more adult oriented superhero shows. And yeah, like essentially the show is just about consequences and the I guess the main character Mark Grayson. I was all, oh, for a sec- I don't know why I immediately thought of Jason. Oh, I know why. Anyway. Uh, hey, cause your name that rhymes with that. Yeah,
2: that that was it. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. Yeah, that, that that that's why. Um. Yeah. Essentially, like this is kind of <laughs> like if, if it feels more like a parody. It's not even yeah, cause I mean it's kind of a parody, but also it isn't. But yeah, you can straight Maybe up tell like, this is like satirical. This, I guess it's satirical, but it quickly grows into its own thing. But basically, in a nutshell, you have. I guess what you could call is more like the DC universe, but what if, like, there were, it wasn't all, I guess, if everything didn't work out the way it's supposed to. I mean, at the very least, right off the bat, I could just say I'd recommend it. At the very least, check out the first episode. Um, yeah, the first episode really w- doesn't
1: hook you up. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't-, I don't know what will.
0: Yeah, because I don't want to say a lot. Like, I just want to say, watch the first episode. And then, yeah, I, I would just recommend it. It has a great story, great character development, great cliffhangers, um, great action. Um, the animation is like somewhere between like a direct to TV DC movie and uh, somewhere uh, like somewhere between theatrical and direct to movie. I don't know. Like sometimes it's very normal looking, but other times, like, man, you could tell like the production values were really hit there. Like also like the sound design, like they just do a great job of making impacts feel very heavy. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Especially in that first episode. But yeah, like yeah, I'd recommend it. Like everything is pretty much great overall. There isn't really like any sticking point that I'm like, I don't really like that. And yeah, like, I guess like I'll go into spoiler territory and guess I could put a I'll put a timestamp on the same invincible thing. Or or you could literally just look at the timestamp for the next topic. Because from yeah, going forward, I'm definitely gonna go into some spoilers. I'll try not to go into too many because I don't know if Kevin and Jason are still planning on watching the show or continuing. But if you watch the first episode, I'm probably not gonna go too much beyond that. But that definitely does have a lot. That I don't want to say, but yeah, I guess I'll go into that now. So something, a tool that this show really does use a lot, and when I mean a lot, um, I will. I guess I'll say wisely is gore. Like this show, like. You going in, like, almost like the entirety of the first episode, like, isn't very, um there's nothing it's leading violence, you on that's gonna be. But it's not, uh, <laughs> extreme, yeah, it's not, I guess. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not graphic, it's just like, oh, it's like it just typical...
2: beyond what you is, expect it, it, Yeah,
0: it's your, your typical, any, whether it's cartoon or like a Marvel movie or a DC movie, it's just like, you know, you got your punches, your people getting hurt, but no one's like, dying no one's like getting like their like heads blown up or anything it's just like your typical kind of violence something you would see like in a okay. i know a, a rated like a rated t kind of movie or t t is that even a t14 thing? video game pg-13 it was like it was the first like episodes kind of pg-13 and okay. you're just kind of like all right like this is kind of what i'm getting into like all right the character's kind of cool essentially mark grayson he is the kid of this world's equivalent of superman and there are more, definitely more parallels to DC slash Dark Horse than anything else is cause you do literally have like a Justice League. You have like your equivalent of The Flash, your, your, um, Wonder Woman, your Red Hand Hunter, Yeah. Your Batman. Aquaman. Like they're literally all there. Oh yeah. Your Aquaman, who's like literally a fish. Um, and the funny thing is that like there is a DC movie called, um, Justice League Doom where Batman, the whole point is that um the Justice League finds out that Batman had a contingency plan if any of them, any of the Justice League members ever went rogue because, you know, like, oh, they could get mind controlled or something. And like, what if Superman like lost his mind or something like he would be pretty much like almost impossible to stop. He would just have like a plan for everybody. And of course, someone finds that plan and enacts it like how to stop them. But in this one, Mark Grayson's dad is this world Superman and he's Omni-Man played by um, J. Joma Jameson, who is yep. some other jk simmons <laughs> Sure, <laughs> yeah, J. K. simmons who was apparently really good in Whiplash, but I have not seen that movie. Really yep, or he that is movie amazing
1: in until... Whiplash. That movie is probably one of my favorite movies great... of
2: all time. He's also pretty great as the Yellow M M&M, and M, which, if you didn't know, is one like of his earlier oh, yeah, acting careers. Yellow yellow that he has M&M. kept going. Yep, he is the Yellow M and M. Huh. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't know that. It. I mean, it sounds just like him. Yeah. I'm surprised, yeah. yeah. but it's one of those things you don't realize until someone says it, and they're like, oh, yeah, my exactly. God. Yeah, oh, man. my God, he was the yellow M&M. <laughs> he still is. Not past tense,
1: current tense. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> still the yellow M&M? Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
2: He, he continued the role. At least I think he is. I haven't heard that he stopped. Because, you know, I keep a very clo- close eye on the M&M voice cast, apparently. But, yeah, I think he still is.
0: Yeah, well, well Jay Joe, oh, uh, he, does a, <laughs> he does a great Omni-Man. Like, his performance, like, I don't know. He... Almost kind of steals the show a little bit. Just like, just his presence. But yeah, in this universe, he's clearly like the top hero. He's not part of this Justice League equivalent called like the Global Protectors. He's just kind of like his own thing I, I saving he the world. Was. He just kind of helps whenever he wants. But yeah, the Global Protectors gotcha. are like one thing. And he's just like solo hero that he kind of thinks he's like above that. Or yeah, because they, you know, the Global Protectors essentially are like government sanctioned team that you know like whenever they're near they're needed they're all on call but omni-man will kind of patrol on his own and go wherever he needs to go and yeah so the show pretty much starts like that um mark hasn't developed his powers yet and at some point towards the end of the show you find out that he does like he just suddenly gets them it's like i guess like through puberty because he's a Viltramite and just like superman like um, Omni-Man came from the planet Viltrum and he came to earth to, he was pretty much like assigned that planet to be his protector and he fell in love, had a kid and now his kid has powers. So now he's like going to train him up and, you know, teach him how to be the best hero. But already you could tell like they're planting the seeds of things. Cause as soon as he finds out he has his powers, he isn't exactly super happy about it. But obviously the biggest, like what the hell moment that people talk about are, the, pretty much the, the ending, end of the I episode. guess. Yeah. Yeah, because, like I mentioned, this show goes from, like, PG-13 violence to, I guess, R. Like, I... The theaters will probably not show this. Yeah, like, I don't think I've really. ever seen anything this visceral and graphic. And that's not even to mention how much more intense it gets later on. Like, holy moly. Like, damn, that last... That last episode alone. Jesus. Like, I've never seen that... Like. We've seen like cities get wrecked in plenty of movies. We've seen like, you know, waves of soldiers get killed in various movies, but I don't know what it is about this one, but it's just way more intense. I mean, just to kinda give you an example, um well, I guess even going back to that first episode, um, yeah, so the global the global defenders get called into their... the globe. Yeah, the Guardians of the Globe. One of those two, Guardians of the Globe or global defenders. Um, the guard, what well, he's them the guardians. They get called into their headquarters mysteriously and they're like, well, who called us? And then they see Omni Man. He's like, Oh, Omni Man, did you call us? And then suddenly he like attacks them and he pretty much kills them all. He like also barely survives. He's not invincible. I uh, get it. Um, neither is invincible. He's very much, um, vulnerable. Um, they make that pretty, pretty clear, um, throughout the series, but he's getting there, I guess. But yeah, like there's a moment where like the Flash equivalent is like punching him, and he grabs his arm, and then like grabs his head, and he just squeezes it. And you they pretty much like zoom in on um, the the crimson, the red crimson, the crimson Flash or something. They just zoom into his head, and you see like his eye slowly bulging up until like it just splatters. And they show the whole thing, or they show wow like the people getting ripped apart at the scene. Before... They show the guts growing everywhere. Well, before
1: uh, before the Crimson Flash or whatever his name is, before he actually gets his head crushed in, you're seeing him try to essentially punch Omni Man in the chest, and he's punching him so fast that at some point his like his oh, hands his arms go break. Loom. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. punching, and you see them just like covered
0: in blood, and yeah, just, he's just like punching with like yeah meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Jeez. So yeah, the show is there's a lot of that, but. Great thing about the show is that it uses it sparingly. Like, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, after you see that first episode, you could pretty much expect some level of gore in every episode, but it's used instrumentally, like, so that it doesn't, like, you know, become, it's always shocking pretty much. Like, because you never know, like, when it's going to happen and when it does, it's always, it's always like, oh my God, like, damn, like, this is, this is brutal. Like, they, they're they're good at mediating that.
1: What episode no, is it where they have those, like, time-traveling, or not time-traveling, but, like, those bugs invade? Is that the oh, second that episode?
0: Sec- yeah, that's the second episode. So, like, oh. even the
1: second episode, I-, I think when you said that you weren't sure why this, why, like, this one hits harder than a Sander movie where you see, like, cities getting destroyed. It's probably because those, like, an Avengers is not going to show the casualties. This show shows you the casualties and exactly how they were killed. So like in that second episode where like these bug aliens invade, you just see a lot of civilians just get not like just only vaporized, but like cut in half. There's a there's an old lady yeah. who is just pretty much decimated. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Invincible the, catches the her like,
0: and tries to like he's you know he catches her, but then he falls into like a ditch and he's like, oh, "Are you okay?" But you know like her arms and legs are broken.
1: Yeah, and,
0: and like, yeah. the only thing
1: that I can think of that comes close to this is the boys, where there's a there's a, I guess, slight... Sp- it's not really a spoiler, but there's a scene in the second season uh, involving a crowd of people and, and uh, like, laser vision, and that's all I'll say. But, uh, yeah, that's the only thing that I think comes close to it, which is funny considering, like I said, this is also coming from Amazon. Yeah, what yeah. is it with
2: um, the dude... Like Jeff Bezos looks like a supervillain. He's making all these shows that show like how violent superheroes can actually be. What is he trying to say? Like, what is his ulterior motive here? Yeah,
0: yeah. But you know, it's this show is it's it's fun. It's it's cool seeing the the new heroes introduced. A lot of the villains are also really interesting. Like there are these two these two blue Thanos looking. Oh, those two the, the that, brothers. Yeah, the, yeah, the clone. The no, they're the that, clones. The clones that. Yeah, yeah, the clone and. Yeah, they're voiced by um uh, I forget his name, but he plays a shredder in the 2013 Ninja Turtles. He actually does a lot of voices. He's also the principal in American Dad. But these like first at the, like in the beginning, they kind of feel like, oh, they're very generic, like nothing interesting really about them. Like, oh, they're just strong dudes. But they even develop those characters to the point that I don't know, they're pretty cool. They're like one of my favorite characters. Just because they're essentially super geniuses that like, one of them always has a way to clone the other in case one dies. But you also find out why they're always arguing about, like, who's the clone. And there's, like, even a point to that. But yeah, nothing is ever what it seems. Um, a lot of character relationships are always moving. And yeah, even the title character, Invincible, like, you never feel like he's ever. Like, it doesn't feel like, you know, the show, like, I don't know, even though he has, or at least we we're assuming, because, you know, I'm trying not to spoil this. Showed it myself with the comics because I know that has officially concluded and I heard the show is pretty close to it um I'm sure he has plot armor I'm sure he's going to make it to the end but the show still does a pretty good job of making it feel like he doesn't like I don't know it's there's, there's something to be said about a show where you feel like the main character can die at any moment it almost gave me like attack on titan vibes, but at some point I think that kind of went away but yeah I don't know at least check it out. Watch the first episode. If it doesn't get you by then, then it probably isn't for you. But I think, like, by the second or third, we were, like, already, like, hooked. And, you know, there's only eight episodes, so. Yeah, and that last one. Ooh, man. And I'm sure by right now many of you have seen that meme that I've been flying around with, like, Omni-Man standing in front of Invincible pointing at his head like, think. And it's just been, yeah, reference to death and a bunch of different things. But, yeah, that's uh, that's Invincible. I like it on that.
1: Jason, are you planning on watching the show at all?
2: Yeah, I think we am check out the first episode. Originally, when I was with Angel yesterday, the idea was, oh, I should watch it before we record. But, like, that didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm think i think I'm going to try and check it out maybe today. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It, it Yeah, that's pretty insane. Yeah, I'm just curious to what extent because, like, the way you guys are describing the go, I'm like that, no, there's no way. So now I'm really curious to what extent it is. Oh, it takes you by surprise for sure, too.
0: Yeah, even knowing it's coming, like because you're you're probably still gonna go in like it's a cartoon. How how bad could it be? It's like oh, well, that's not bad.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you say while curling into the fetal position. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're yeah.
0: if if you're someone that doesn't normally watch gory things, it, it'll definitely get a reaction from you. I know okay. this because like my sister was definitely reacting every time something like that happened. <laughs> yeah. I
1: can only really imagine. So, uh, last thing on the docket this past week. I binged a very popular anime that premiered last year and just wrapped up maybe a, I I think it was in February or March. Uh, so I've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen, which in the anime community basically became sort of the anime of the year. Uh, I think the last anime that hit it this big was probably Demon Slayer back in 2019, which I finally actually finished after starting it a year ago. So I'm really looking forward to finally seeing Mugen Train. Demon Slayer, like a nine out of ten anime for me. I don't know how you felt about it, Angel.
0: No, oh, yeah, the same. I I really love that show. Um, it, it def- I, I I hate that it has that one character that I'm like, like oh, just ignore him. Uh, I, I I'm sure he'll get better. I mean, he has like some badass moments, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he just he's that character that if the whole people don't get turned off by the show because of him, yeah. But, other than that, yeah, I, I did love that the main character is so likable. But anyway, what do you think?
1: Yeah, so I I finally finished 2019's hottest anime, so I decided to watch 2020's hottest anime, Jujutsu Kaisen, like I said. But unlike Demon Slayer, where like after finally finishing it, finishing it, I felt the hype was justified, Jujutsu Kaisen, I found it very enjoyable, but it was not nearly worth, in my opinion, not worth the hype that it got. Because like, it didn't even get close to the highs of demon slayer to explain what i guess i want to say real quick but just bear with me here so in this world's universe or whatever you want to call it every human gives off this energy called cursed energy i'm gonna say the word cursed a lot in the next two minutes okay um (laughs) i'm gonna keep count yeah so i'll let you know how many human humans give off this energy called cursed energy and many people in the world can't control the release of said cursed energy And so with so much cursed energy out in the world, these monsters are created and these monsters are called curses. To defeat these curses, there are jujutsu sorcerers who are people who can actually control their cursed energy and use it against said curses. And then young sorcerers are taught how to control their cursed energy at the, I believe it's the Tokyo Metropolitan Curse School. And the main character that we follow, Yuji the way that he gets involved into this world is by um, basically he eats the finger of this ancient curse called Sukuna and sorcerers are now basically told to kill Yuji since Sukuna is essentially, he's like revived into uh, Yuji's body. But instead of just killing him outright, there are still 19 other Sukuna fingers in the world. And so they decide we'll just have Yuji, eat all of Sukuna's fingers and then we'll kill him that way we can just get rid of Sukuna once for all how many times did I say cursed
2: you know a lot and a little uh 10 yeah and I thought it'd be more but also when I stop thinking about 10s a lot yeah and
1: I I absolutely could have gone further into detail because there's they throw so much cursed jargon into this where you have curses you have cursed energy then we get into cursed items cursed weapons Every episode at least has the word "cursed" in it. At least, yeah, probably about ten times. So, so you're if just you at watch the episode quota, in that yeah. case. <laughs> so like, if you watch anime and especially like the big ones, the description I just gave probably sounds very, very tropey, and that's because it absolutely is. So like, right off the bat, you have a school and a main character who has an ancient evil inside of them, just like Naruto. You have got these evil monsters that are in Tokyo that had to be destroyed, just like Bleach, and. I guess like a light spoiler for the second half of the season, but like this being a shonen anime about a school, it has to have a tournament slash tuning exam arc that gets invaded by the villains, just like in My Hero Academia. Wow, and Naruto, yeah, even the main character Yuji's teacher, uh, Gojo, looks just like Kakashi to the point where they have the same hair color and same hairstyle, except Gojo. Covers both of his eyes and not his mouth, unlike Kakashi, who only hides one eye and the entire bottom half of his face. <laughs> so,
0: like, how can we be look inspired but not plagiarized? But
1: exactly. So, I feel like the show does very little things. It, it doesn't do a lot of original th- things. Like maybe the whole curse, I, I can't even know because it because then it just feels like Bleach. Ugh. The show doesn't seem original at all especially the first few episodes. Um, and then it gets into the groove of things. But like I said, then the, the tuning exam arc essentially starts, but where it does stand out from all those other shows is the animation. The show is slick as hell. It's done by a uh, studio Mappa who did that anus glands anime that angel talked about anus Ball Z or whatever it was called. Uh, <laughs> great name. And, and then, uh, they also did this final season of Attack yeah, on Summer, Titan. of
0: or something
1: like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Ken's
2: name better. Yeah, very good. So,
1: yeah, so they they also did uh, this last season of Attack on Titan, which Angel and I decided not to talk about because even though they never mentioned it, the final season was split into two parts, and so we're still waiting on that
2: second that second half. And I was I'm, wondering why you guys said you were done with it, but didn't bring it up here. That, that makes sense, I guess.
1: Yeah, and like. We probably won't get into it too much, but I was pretty disappointed in the animation quality of that first half. I think the reason that that I thought it was a downgrade from the previous seasons is because Studio Mappa essentially poured a bunch of their budget into this show specifically, which would make sense because... Apparently, the manga is one of the best-selling in Japan, so they're like, okay, we should probably give this the, uh, like, everything that we can. So, unfortunately, Attack on Titan had to have that dip in quality while this show, like, looks amazing. Like, the fight scenes in the show look, like, spectacular, and, you know, whenever there is no big action scene, it does sort of look like your standard anime, but as soon as the battles begin, you know that you're about to see something, like, really, really cool, for, like, as samey as the plot points may be, the actual art style and, like, character designs, I think, are really, really cool. Whenever the show decides to show you what Cursed Energy actually looks like, the, like, aura effects really, really pop out, uh, contrasted against the, uh, the art style of the show because the, the Cursed Energy has its own sort of art style. Like, one of the, oh, and probably my favorite thing, one thing that this show definitely has over something like Naruto or Bleach, or like any of the shows that it clearly takes inspiration from, is its two uh, openings. The openings have way better animation than most anime shows will probably ever have in their lifetime. They're insanely beautiful, and the first ending is is like also really really catchy. But yeah, aside from the animation, I can't really tell why this show exploded in popularity. The main character is is sort of a does, like, remind me of Tanjiro from Demon Slayer a lot. Like, he is a very likable main character. And I know a lot of women love uh, his teacher. Which his teacher, right off the bat, they tell you that he is OP. And then when you actually see him in action in the anime, it's like, oh yeah, this guy clearly is the best. Uh, sort of in the way that Kakashi was in Naruto. But, yeah, like, as a whole, I don't think it's as good as everyone makes it out to be. But it definitely looks way better than any of those shows. Uh, although I will say, even at its best, I don't think it comes close to that fight in uh, Demon Slayer where uh, Tanjiro and Nezuku like team up to defeat that one spider demon,
0: which I think yeah. is like the
1: pinnacle of like animation. Oh, it's like for... I was watching a
0: theatrical film or something. Like...
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like like I said, some of the the fights do look insane in the show, for sure. But like nothing to that level. And and like now they're going to adapt because this this uh manga anime is sort of I guess how would I say this? Was was preceded by this like one shot, the uh that what are they called? Mang mangekas? Mang mangekos? <laughs> what are they called? The guys that write and draw? Oh mangaka. Mangaka? Yeah, mangaka. Uh, mangaka. Yeah. mangaka. Yeah. So before uh Jujutsu Kaisen, he did like this one shot and then he did Jujutsu Kaisen which i guess like took place in the same universe and has the same some of the same characters from that one shot. And so Mappa is now adapting that into a, a theatrical film and they're calling it Jujutsu Kaisen 0. So hopefully that movie is going to look awesome, but then that just makes me a little bit reserved for Attack on Titan's final half. And who knows even if it will come close to the quality of Mugen Train which I believe I'm seeing this upcoming tuesday i'm not sure but uh yeah that's my Jujutsu Kaisen hot take everybody seems to love this anime and while it i definitely really really like it i don't know if the hype was what killed it for me but yeah that's that's that in a nutshell and i think with that that'll end this uh this episode unless you guys got another thing
2: not here really
0: Angelito. wow
1: do you say really um, or not really? What?
0: Oh no, it no! I'm surprised, surprised I have nothing to say. Yeah, I'm surprised didn't can have talk, like a like...
2: Conan anecdote or something like that. Oh, uh, I know you want to hear that. Well, his show ends on June 24th on TBS, so then he moved to HBO. Uh, you Max will probably talk about show. that, right? Oh, when the time comes, absolutely. Yeah, June 24th. Uh, what are the next big releases like coming up?
0: Does
1: Raya, I I forgot to ask this, but when does Raya and the Last Dragon come out?
0: Uh, uh, didn't already. It's wait, been out since
2: it? March, and it's yeah, it's been out since March. Oh, as a and but, but it was only a it? Disney Plus premiere access title. Oh, that's. Or funny. do you mean like for so, any? Yeah, I think the pink I think it hits it. regular Plus in like July or August or something. Oh, when does Black Widow come out? July 9th. Nope. Oh, so Second. we got a No, ninth. Second, ninth, somewhere there. But Loki is in early to mid-June. Early to mid-June. I don't remember the date. Okay, so that's probably the next big I have no idea what we're gonna talk about in the next episode. But Dude, I could go down a rabbit hole. Here's a great teeth. I could go about down a rabbit hole of fever dream TV shows that shouldn't exist and are not necessarily good but are somehow starting to sink their claws into me.
1: Oh Oh, you're finally gonna talk about okay. I won't say yeah. what it is, but yeah, yeah, that's right. all I'm so gonna the next, say. The next yes, no, I can we'll finally, finally dive into yep. that. Yep, uh, there's two of them now. There's two of them now. There's two of them now. Okay, well, I guess in that case, if we're gonna be talking about reality TV, I guess I got one show that I can talk about. Just right. absolutely trash that I'm enthralled by. Yeah,
2: it's. I didn't think I'd ever be into reality anything, and yet. Yeah, so our
1: next episode will be up on the 30th of May, uh, assuming everything goes according to plan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next week, we will have a brand new episode of Random Nintendo, where I don't know what we're talking about in that episode either.
2: Uh, Nintendo has yet to inform us. (laughs) We shall see. We'll see see what the news cycle looks like this week. We shall see. Well, you know, what a tease of a show. What are we going to talk about? I don't know, but come along and find out. Yeah. So, um,
1: I guess that's all the housekeeping. Let us know what you thought about the episode in the comment section, either on our YouTube, where we are at or on the blog post. You could, uh, listen to this. You're already listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, so I'm not even going to do the whole rigmarole of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, podcasting apps. On Twitter, you can follow us at RenNintendo or our individual accounts. Jason is at JSR7. Angel is uh, at Weiro underscore O, W-E-I-R-O underscore O, and I am Kevin Gomi. And that'll do it. Jason, final word. Get vaccinated, people.